Hello and welcome to Basketball with Glasses. I'm your host, Bryson Harvey, and with me, as always, even for emergency podcast episodes, Luke Smith. Hey, Luke. Hey, Bryson. We're back a little sooner than I think we thought we'd be. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode. <laughs> um, let's just say I didn't have a second podcast in April down on my calendar, mm-hmm. um, but there are there have been events some happenings, as you will, that have drawn us back into the fold um, and onto a screen to talk to each other. So that's right. Um, I I will let you kick it off. There are a lot of topics that we could jump into. You pick the first one. Yeah. So I think during the season, I kept my UK homerishness in check pretty well. I don't know if the listeners <laughs> <laughs> like think that would agree with that but i think that i did a pretty good job not like you know how bill simmons talks about the celtics every single chance he gets i don't think i did that i probably did it more than i mean to but i'm gonna go full uk fan here to talk (laughs) all right let's do it to talk about oscar shibway announcing his return for a senior season to the university of kentucky um he is, as we have, everybody knows at this point, the unanimous National Player of the Year. The only unanimous National Player of the Year in the history of Kentucky basketball, which is kind of surprising. That's 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 a lot. That is, yeah, no, didn't expect to have that stat. There yeah, me. even the only other National Player of the Year to wear a Kentucky uniform was Anthony Davis, and for some reason he wasn't unanimous. Don't I have no idea why. But, I gotta look up who, who who he lost votes to, but you continue, please. It was Oscar. Draymond Green. It was Draymond. Oh, he was lost <laughs> one of the awards to Draymond Green. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Oscar, he's the first National Player of the Year to return to college since Tyler Hansborough. Who, if you remember back then, the talk was, "Oh, his dad's a doctor. He doesn't need the money. He loves college," kind of thing. Um, Oscar needs the money, and. Guarantee he would not be back in school if not for name name image likeness rules being changed, and uh, a bunch of rich Kentucky fans willing to stand basically pay him basically the stuff you would have gotten in trouble with <laughs> in trouble for doing <laughs> three or four years ago. Now every team does it and it's like celebrated. So um, well, he's that. back. He's back. Uh-huh. Um, huge deal. For Kentucky, huge deal in a lot of ways. First on the court, you know, like I don't know how we will replace Oscar when he leaves. Um, uh, I, let's just say West Virginia and uh, their job in trying to replace him did, went uh, not well. Not yeah, well. <laughs> um, he's going to leave a gaping hole. Um, but you know, better next off season than this off season. I don't know what Cal would have done this off season if he had decided not to go. Or, or, or to go, excuse me. So, you know, on the court, there's going to be a last year's team. I know they lost to St. Peter's in the first round, but that was a very good team. Like mm-hmm. we're on record. We both had them top five in like January. You had them number one. They looked right. like a national championship contender at the very least. And a big reason of that was Oscar. He's back. Um, a, a lot of the team seems like they're going to be back. Um, we've got, and there's a couple good freshmen coming in. So Kentucky's going to be, way better on the court than they would have been otherwise with Oscar coming back. But there's, it's a big deal in other ways. It's a big deal for the fan base. Um, 
not the best way to end the season that followed the worst season in school history by losing to a 15 seed in the first round. That wasn't great for Cal. Wasn't great for UK fans. And I think that with a familiar face coming back, it makes people excited for the following season. I don't know that when the last time UK fans were like super excited for a upcoming season was. And a big part of that is because we never know anything about the players as fans. We never know anything about the players who are coming in. In in you know 2009 we had John Wall. It was like the the biggest recruiting class in UK history. Very yes. excited. We had we hadn't had like a good freshman since um Keith Bogans. <laughs> so, I mean, that that was really a big deal for UK fans. And then, you know, the cycle of they come and they go every single year, whether they need to or not, got kind of old. Well, interest in um, Kentucky basketball, really around the state of Kentucky, didn't really pick up until basically conference season for several years now. And so this, you know, ignites the fan base to actually be excited for the seasons to come. Probably um, since the 2015 team, right? Yeah, probably. And that was really you had, the last... You, yeah, you had the Twins well, coming back. Yeah, a successful team with players returning and an awesome incoming freshman class. So, um, yeah, I'd say you're right about that. And um, an, a, a, another way I think this is a big deal is... Oscar Sheboy's legacy as a UK player. So we've talked about this kind of offline. There was a KSR article ranking the all of Calipari's players since he got here. And we can both agree it was not awesome, right? <laughs> would you would you agree that it was lacking? Um that might be putting it politely. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's just a lot, there were a lot of issues that I I had as a non Kentucky fan. Um, you know, again, I, I, living in Kentucky, you just kind of have to follow it and you enjoy it, but, um, you're ostracized from society. If you don't know what's going on with Kentucky basketball and you live, yeah, it it just kind of, it had to be that way. And so, um, I just don't know that they got it right um, or even close. But, um, you know, needless to say, in that ranking, Oscar Shibway was second on that list, if I if he I'm was, remembering correctly. I believe he was second. That would be, well, no, he might have been third. I don't remember. I think John Wall might have been second. I don't remember. Uh, I, I, I just looked it up. It's Davis. Then Shibway, then Wall. Oh wow. Okay. Um, anyway, after after looking at that, uh, and I complained to Bryson a little bit. At, at, once I saw the Harrison twins in the twenties, I was just like, okay, come <laughs> it <on."> was over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Har- I'm a Harrison twins apologist, by the way. I know a lot of UK fans are still mad at them about something, but I'm not one of those people. Um, but anyway, Bryson was like, you should do your own list. So. You know, I did. I probably spent way too much time on it. And hopefully we'll post something on our blog sometime soon when I'm finished. But I had... Oscar was the only current player I put on the list. And I had him fifth already, which 
I, you know, I actually had a criteria. I don't think that that other list had any type of criteria except whatever the author was thinking. So I tried to be a little <laughs> more objective. And uh, there's just there certain players. I, there was a rubric. Was a rubric. Guys, there's a spreadsheet I, and a rubric. <laughs> all of these things exist. Hey, I'm a teacher, you got to have a rubric. You can't have an assignment without a rubric. Absolutely. Um, so uh, he came in fifth. Which is kind of crazy considering he was on a team that lost in the first round. Um, usually that would do you in. But he is he has a chance, I think, to be number one coming back. He has a chance. If he's successful, gets a Final Four or even a championship, I think that he probably jumps everyone um, from in an objective way as the best Cal player at UK while he's been coach. Um as far as like fan approval, he's probably already like top five ever. Fans love him. The, the UK fans love him. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of compare him. If you want to compare him with John Wall, who I think is probably number one on that list of UK Cal players. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone respected Anthony Davis because of his talent but he didn't connect with the fan base in the same way. Um, you know, when I think of guys who connected with the fan base, um, I think of wall, I think of, uh, monk and Fox together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of honestly for good and bad, the Harrison twins, um, as just guys that cousins probably. Yep. Uh, I think I think Wall and, and Boogie are kind of a package in that way. Yeah. Um, so th- those are the the names that come to mind for me. Yeah. And so Bryson, you remember when you when John when UK got John Wall? You remember that season? We watched a lot of games together. You remember the season before too with Billy Gillespie? <laughs> yes. You, you remember when it seemed like UK basketball was gonna just like burn forever and there was never there was no ray of hope for the future no the very dark days lots of clouds not much sunshine that is exactly right and john wall came and it uk basketball was cool again fans cared as unbelievable as it is that uk fans would not care about basketball you couldn't you couldn't it was like a it was like a defense mechanism <laughs> you couldn't care, yeah. care about I mean, jo- jody meeks went for 50 in in Knoxville, and there was just a collective shrug from because we were UK terrible, <laughs> and Billy Gillespie wouldn't even let us enjoy it. But anyway, um, John Wall came, and the the program changed. You know, Cal brought him in, but John Wall made Kentucky basketball cool. We got to see a transcendent player in a Kentucky uniform, um, and he just he had swagger. It was like. Uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. It was like if your favorite uh, basketball team became like the biggest rock band in the world, and yeah. and you had you got to watch the lead singer, you know, like do his thing all season. So Wall changed the program in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar's kind of he in a lot of ways he has had that same effect. He brings excitement to the program after the worst season in UK basketball history. He is a beloved player. He brought a lot of people back to UK basketball. But I think that he has a chance to be more beloved than Wall just because of his personality and what he represents. Wall was a rock star. Um, Oscar 
is like if the best player he's almost like he's from here you know like i, I mm-hmm. feel like the, the i feel like the kentucky fans it's like if our one of our kids became the best player in college basketball for our favorite team you know yes and and those are the type of players that deep down uk fans want to root for we love john wall when we get him but he's not the player that uk fans want to root for they want to root for oscar Shibway. they want to well, root for the guy who stays stays because he loves kentucky that's that's well, who they want to root for right and and honestly and this is where i think um we can go into a very deep conversation but i'll try to keep it Uh-oh. surface level um <laughs> kentucky is a blue collar state um mm-hmm. they like the guys who work hard and are dedicated are going to do the dirty work um, because that's what, you know, the coal miners in Eastern Kentucky and the farmers out in Western Kentucky, I mean, that's what they had to do in order to, to make a living. And they worked out in the factories and, you know, they work nine mm-hmm. to five and, um, and even longer. And so the way that Oscar plays, uh, embodies that, um, he embodies the state's work ethic that I think resonates deeply with those who are also fans of the basketball team. And yes. as, as, as good as John Wall and Boogie and Anthony Dave, I mean, but they, they were all very much a lot of flash, a lot of sizzle, really good. And you love that they're on your team, but their style of play didn't necessarily lend itself to this deeper connection of a hardworking, nice guy. That's exactly right. The The most famous team, the most beloved team in Kentucky basketball history was the Unforgettables. Basically, five Kentucky guys who f- played really hard above what they were supposed to do. They didn't win a championship, but they stuck with the program because they loved the program, even through a hard time. And they they won nothing, but their jerseys are in the rafters that rub. And that's Oscar's a lot closer to that. Yes. And uh, it's the, been a long John time Wall, since they've had a team that's been close to that. It's just not Cal's thing. Cal right. is Cal. Cal turned UK basketball basically into the Lakers, you know, <laughs> and with the flash and the you know, Showtime and all that. But I think deep down, Kentucky fans would rather root for the Bad Boy Pistons, you know, or a team like that, like a scrappy team that works hard and plays above their level. And I think that's why Oscar resonates so much. And I think that's why if he's regardless how successful we are in the tournament, I think that he's probably going to go down as the favorite Cal player, the play, UK player under Cal. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of these are fair points. I, I will just simply point out and not that I mean to rain on parades here, but I would, this is my hot sizzling take that I know you're not going to like, especially if you're a UK fan. But my hot take is he's not going to be the best player that's returning to a team next year. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. You know where I'm going with this. And and yes, there were some some, um, well-photoshopped tweets that had this player in a Kentucky uniform. But but uh, unfortunately, and I think it's just because they became friends at the Wooden Award uh, ceremony, but um, yeah. Drew Timmy, uh, by most metrics, um, was the b- 
better analytics based player. Now, again, you can, you can argue all the things his team made it further than the tournament, his team. Um, he didn't win the individual awards, but he had the better, um, uh, box plus, uh, minus rating, um, versus Oscar. Yeah. Um, and Timmy time was a real thing. And honestly, he was pretty close to Chet as well. Um, who was number one in that and with those honors. Um, if you look at, um, if you look at in the Ken Palm stats, um, while Oscar was ahead in the Ken Palm rating system, um, Drew Timmy was a pretty effective um, player in terms of <sighs> effective field goal um, and his ability to generate some assists and the fact that they could run their offense through him. No, he wasn't dominant on the glass and no, he isn't, you know, a lights out three point shooter, but he maintained a level of effectiveness despite the fact that his usage went up and his, the attention defensively, it became his show for whatever you thought of Chet. um, He was not the, primary attention grabber and playmaker for that team. It was, it became drew Timmy and he still performed at a very efficient level. Um, and, and for that, I think, um, he has a chance to be the better player. Now, will that lead to greater success for Gonzaga? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of pieces that are going to change on that team. Um, and, and we'll just have to kind of see how that all plays out, um, in terms of what team success look like, looks like next year. Um, if I were starting a team with players returning to college, I would be very tempted to pick Timmy over Oscar because of Oscar's limitations on, um, generating his own offense. Although he is really good at generating it. If you're your guards shoot bricks from three. He could clean the glass with the best of them. But and that's pretty much all we did for the last month <laughs> of the season. So um, I actually agree in a way with what you're saying because Oscar was a unanimous player of the year. He's not going to win it next year. Unless he averages like a 30 and 25, he's not going to win it back to back years. It doesn't matter. You know, none of that matters. He could average 20 and 15. He's probably still not going to win it just because that never happens, you know, unless you're Ralph Sampson. So um, I actually think Timmy probably has a better chance to win for if he comes back. For one thing, he was the favorite this year, and he just, you know, his stats were kind of hurt, hurt by Chet, um, and the fact that his guards weren't, he didn't have Jalen Suggs, you know. Right. Um, but it's actually probably a good pick to pick Timmy for this coming year, you know, he's going to be relied on more. Um, he's a really good, obviously. And what's funny is when that, when that rumor was going around about him, uh, <laughs> coming to the UK, all the UK fans who hate him, all of a sudden he was like their favorite player. <laughs> right. He's like, Oh yes. Well, and it's because he is, he is that kind of, um, talent that you see it. And it's very clear, um, that he is one of the most effective players in the game. And, uh, now again, I, it, officially he's put his name into the draft. 
and officially he hasn't withdrawn. So he is still technically in the NBA draft, but he's retained the ability to come back. And barring something crazy changing, I would assume that he's going to be back in college. He's going to make more money with NIL, which I think this is a great, you know, sign for college sports that, hey, we can still retain some talent here because, yeah, they're going to make more money. You know, these specific players are going to make more money in college than they would in the professionals um, in the near term yeah i think that yeah yeah, i think that nil could actually could bring back college basketball to like the way it was in the 90s and early 2000s where you have familiar players because a lot of those players you know like bobby hurley and christian leitner how prolific were their pro careers you know but everybody remembers them um, because they played in college. And I think now there's a much better chance that players like that who just, are, they're trying to get paid, they're trying to get out of college, will stay around longer because they're going to get paid um, right. in college. So, yeah, it's kind of exciting. It'll be nice to see familiar faces. Like North Carolina, their entire team is coming back, basically, at least right now. Um, yes. Baycott has a shot. Baycott has a shot. I bet he'll get some love as preseason. He'll get some buzz, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, no, I think it's going to be interesting, um, and we'll continue to kind of watch and, and monitor, but it was definitely worth a conversation to talk about Oscar, his impact, um, and I'm glad you provided the, the UK perspective, Luke. Yeah. Um, well, there was another um, departure. While we had a, a retainee, uh, there was a departure from the college basketball ranks, and that would be one Jay Wright. Um, yes. It came as a bit of a shock. He is only 60, and 60 is relatively young when it comes to coaching ages. But um, it just seemed like he was maybe ready for a time to move on. They've already picked their coach. Their coaching search last about, lasted about five minutes on Twitter. But, yeah, I think uh, five. <laughs> and, and so they've, they've gone with the coach from Fordham, I believe. Uh, Neptune. To re- yeah, <laughs> Co- Coach Neptune. C- Coach what Neptune. A great, what a great name. <laughs> um, so, again, this leaves Villanova with a pretty big hole. I think that they have the ability still um, to, with their brand, go out and recruit um, and at least be the best team out of the Big East. But two questions for you, Luke. Does this, yeah. does this move pull the big east out of that top six um conference tier so are they all going to start falling back to earth um in a way that makes them a true mid-major and makes the power five in basketball a true power five um and the second question is who is the who are the top two most prolific coaches left in the game oh man well, I think that it very well could. I mean, they'll, people will never refer to the Big East as like, it'll always be called the Power Six as long as the Big East exists. But I think in reality, it could. they could fall back to like, you know, um, at the way, I guess the Atlantic 10 used to be better. But like a conference like that, you know, that it's like, oh, I remember when they were good kind of thing. Yeah, right. I mean, this year in Ken Palm, they were fourth. So 
if 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 Villanova takes a step back, do they end up falling back to sixth? I think Villanova definitely takes a step back, and I feel really bad for I don't know his first name, Kyle. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Neptune. Because uh-huh. first of all, I mean, how about some whiplash for the Villanova fans? I mean, it's like bye bye Hall of Fame coach. Hello, guy from Fordham. I mean, I, I know he was his he was his uh assistant for a long time. But man, mm-hmm. I mean and you never want to follow a legend, just ask Tubby Smith. Um I guess Villanova fans might not be as uh intense as UK fans, so and I mean, North Carolina fans are intense, and they were ready to fire Hubert Davis, and then now they're in, they made the championship game. So, um, but but who knows? But I think that the Big East could be kept afloat because of the two big coaching hires they had over the summer, uh, or no, it's not even summer yet. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, Sean Miller's back at Xavier. Thad Mod is at Butler. There's a world where they could become the big programs in the Big East which is kind of insane. But, I mean, I think that those are the two best coaches in the league at this point. Um, I would love to see Shaheen Holloway and Seton Hall, you know, kind of turn it on. I, w- I still have a soft sp- spot in my heart for Shaka, but I've been burned too much by him uh, to really put a lot of faith in his team being, like, top tier. But uh, And poor Patrick Ewing, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's everybody else, uh, you know, and then and then Patrick Ewing. Um, but I, I think it might not be the best thing for the Big East as a conference if Xavier and Butler are your best teams. Um, they're not they just the don't carry brands. the brand. Yeah, no. um, and so I don't know. I think I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but what about that second question? Um, I know that you know we've lost Coach K. Um, and you know, we had a small conversation and we will expand upon it, um, at some future point about, um, our Sith Lord, (laughs) yes, Uh, (laughs) our Sith Lord. Uh, uh, I don't even know. It's not theory. We basically went through, we went through the years since 2000 and we, we treated it like, uh, you know, how with the Sith and Star Wars, there's like the Lord and then there's the apprentice. And so we went and like, who was the Sith Lord in that year in college basketball and who was the apprentice? And, you know, the apprentice always has to kill the Sith Lord. So we, we, it, we'll bring it up on a podcast at some point. It'll be fun. Um, Cal is like the only guy now, isn't he? Is there anybody on his level as uh, far Bill as like Self. well-known? Bill Self, of course. So you got <laughs> Cal and Self. Bill Self just doesn't make a show of himself as much as Cal does. Um, and it's probably, it's probably I mean, Huggins, right? Huggins. I, that's who I was going to say. I mean, you still got Bayheim. Apparently he's going to coach until he's like 114. <laughs> the vampire in New York. He, they might just like put a scarecrow out there with a picture of his face on it. And we won't even know like that anything's happened to him and he's retired for a while. But I guess those are the four, but we have all these young guys. There has to be somebody coming up. You know, Coach K was young at one point. I mean, point. technically, Rick Patino is still coaching, right? <laughs> Patino, yes, um, technically he is. So, so I'm looking at the all-time wins list leaders. So Beheim is second. Um, yeah. He is 100 wins behind Coach K. His next one will actually be his 1100th win. 
Um, at his current pace, it's going to take him like 15 years to get those 100 wins. So, yep. Good <laughs> so, so you have Beham. Um, and then eighth on the all time list is Huggins. Uh, and then 10th, yeah. 10th is Calipari. 11th is Patino. Uh, 16th is Bill Self. 19th is, would you like to, to, you know, make a guess? A current coach. A current coach. 19th. Is it Izzo? It's not Izzo. It would be the one and only Rick Barnes. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. Uh, and... I don't think Rick Barnes is going to fill that void. Of, <laughs> Something <laughs> tells me he's not going to. I just don't think. He's a nice guy. I just don't think he's going to be the next, you know, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the next ones after that are Dana Altman at 24 and Jim Laranega at 29 and Izzo is at 30, 31st wow. and he has 666 wins. You want to hear a hot take? Let's do it. Um, UK fans in the late 90s, early 2000s when everybody hated Tubby. They were like, let's fire him and get Izzo. Here's my hot take. Izzo would have been fired 15 years ago at UK. <laughs> he would have made it about five seasons. Um, if, if if he had been hired when Cal was hired, every UK fan would hate him. I mean, two Final Fours in 10 years or something, three, no championships. One championship in like 25 years. Come on, Izzo. Yeah. I thought you were a Hall yeah. of Famer. <laughs> Yeah, there's that. Um, w- would you like to know who Jay Wright is currently tied with on the all-time list <laughs> for wins? If you if you say Billy Gillespie, I'm gonna like hang up. <laughs> uh, no, but it's another UK uh, former UK coach. Is it Eddie Sutton? It's Tubby Smith. Tubby Smith. And another Tubby's still coaching at, at at High Point. No, he's still no, coaching. He, he, reti- he retired in the middle of the season. Oh, did he? he tur- yeah, he turned it over. So basically, he came to UK, he got honored, and like three games later, he retired. <laughs> turned it over to his son. Oh, well, so, oh, that's right. I do remember that. So they still have him listed as their head coach on their website. Um, and nobody, so that, nobody cares. So <laughs> Nobody cares. So forever now, Tubby Smith and Jay Wright, the exact same number of wins. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. But um, Bill Self I, is the only active coach. Bill Self and Rick Pitino are the only active coaches with more than one championship now, right? Yes. That is correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I don't see anybody else on this list. Pitino? Yeah, I said Pitino. I think it's okay. Pitino and Self, is it? I think that's yes. the list right now. Because Calipari's only won one, correct? He's won one. So you got Izzo, Cal... Um, Bayheim and a bunch of other people. Uh, uh, Kevin Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess if Beeline came, no, Beeline didn't win one, did he? Beeline came close. Close. Huggy, Huggy needs a, Hugs needs a championship. Yes. What do we got to do to get Hugs a championship? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So, um, on this note, we're going to transition a little bit into the other offseason musings. And so um, our, our good 
um, reliable Evan Miyakawa has created this transfer portal um, rankings and transfer class rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they he has compiled this amazing list of um, sort of who has gone where and, and what is what. Um, and it's it's very interesting to look at because um, if you look at the rankings, um, the class rank as it stands is Missouri has the best transfer class, followed by Bryant, UAB, LSU somehow, um, Florida, Arkansas, UNLV, Arizona State, and then West Virginia is ninth. I feel Thought. like this list Thoughts. might change. I feel like this list might change. I just have oh, a it's definitely feeling change. that Bryant won't be won't have the second best incoming transfer class by the time this is all said and done. Okay, so here um, he, I, had, he has, and I, I'll, I'll kind of go through this just really quick. So he has them ranked by production in college and given them an, a, a rating scale. So... Um, and there is a sort of like stars in and stars out because yeah. you are losing some players. So Missouri lost four three stars. They are gaining four four stars and one three star. Bryant is is gaining three four stars, three three stars, and they lost two three stars. So they basically oh, are turning over their entire team. Didn't like a bunch of some St. Peter's players went to Bryant. Uh, that may if... be true. That may be true. <clears throat> West Virginia, they lost a five-star. That would be um, Jalen Bridges, who actually just yeah. signed with Baylor, or committed to Baylor, um, which that's that, just will be interest- that will be interesting. Um, that's dirty. Especially for a kid that is from Fairmont, West Virginia. Um, yeah, but, come on, Baylor. Uh, but then uh, they also lost three-star Sean McNeil, who I know he's visited Louisville and some different places. He originally went to Bellarmine, so I, he could end up in in that vicinity. But he was a three-star, according to the production um, by Evan Mia. But in their place, um, you know, West Virginia has added a five-star and a four-star. Their five-star transfer portal player um was um was it the guy from iowa yeah yeah joe toussaint who can't score (laughs) but um he does fit the mold of maybe a press virginia point guard um, which that will be interesting to see if that's kind of where we're headed the other player they added was a shooting guard eric stevenson from south carolina um who again known more for defense and less for offense um so those yeah, you're not allowed to play basketball. You're not allowed to play <laughs> basketball at South Carolina if you know how to score. You're just not allowed to play. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but just just to give you an idea, so you know, Jalen Bridges. I'm surprised. Was, sorry, go ahead. Interrupted. I'm surprised that Arkansas only has four transfers in and one transfer out. I thought like fifty. I thought like. 75% of their team left. I guess they brought more. They People went pro, and then they've got incoming freshmen. Yeah, and seniors who just decided to move on. So Yeah. Um, it would be interesting. Um, it will be. You know, I think this list is going to change, but you asked about Huggins. He is going to the portal. He also picked up a Juco um, who averaged a double-double 
Um, and there's room for one more. So um, he's not done adding. So, and we'll be interested to see kind of what becomes of everything. So maybe Timmy will transfer to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the Photoshop engines ready. Yeah, put the West Virginia jersey on him. Yeah, but I would like to see Huggins at least get another Final Four, go on a run or something. But yeah, I guess I, you you talking about those teams, it made me think that as far as like coaches in the future, I guess you've got, you know, you've got um, Drew, Scott Drew. Mm-hmm. You've got, I guess, Musselman. You got to mention him now. Two Elite yeah. Eights, burning it up on the recruiting trail. Um, Tony Bennett? Tony uh, Bennett's uh, still around. Um, um, I, it's hard to, I mean, then you, you know, Bruce Sean Pearl. Miller, <laughs> Bruce Pearl, yeah. Bruce Pearl's still kicking. Um, I can't imagine he's going to have a very good team, though. Kelvin Sampson? Kelvin Sampson. He's so old. Like He is maybe old. His, I mean, he's not his, new, but. Yeah, I, I think that he, he might be retiring. He, his retirement might come soon. He's supposed to turn it over to his son. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, you know, you got a guy like Scott Drew who's probably be at the mo- top of most people's lists if uh, if people were doing that. But I mean, one Final Four, one title in 18 years. I know it's Baylor, but I mean, you st- you have nobody in the stratosphere of the guys we just left. You know. Not really. I mean, outside of like Cal, Self, Patino. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the list. Um, yeah. The golden ages of coaches are gone, I think. Um, and so yep. it, it will be interesting to see sort of how it evolves from here. It will be. Because those coaches had really good players who returned all the time. You know, all they the coached time. before They coached before one and done, basically. So... Um, yeah, yeah it'll I be, mean, all it'll these be interesting coaches to see. Are, yeah, and this one and done NIL transfer portal era, and that's going to make it difficult. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's making a hard job and making it more challenging. And, and that was what many attributed to um, his reason for wanting to leave because, yeah. you know, he had this really strong upperclassman led group. And it's just really hard to keep those kinds of teams together. Um, and now that, yep. you know, they're starting to graduate, I think he was just like, yeah, I think this is a good time. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you know, I think it's actually been a good time for us. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, quick, random top three teams for next year. Like so, not not in the rankings, but three teams that you know, if you had to put money on it right now, you would think might cut down the nets. Even though that's a completely ridiculous question at this point in the off season. Um, well, a Duke's rec- recruiting class is is hard to say that they won't be good, but I don't think they're going to be a contender. Uh, is okay. that a hot take? <laughs> no, it's a okay. very welcome take from me. <laughs> um, I appreciate you saying that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Kofi Cockburn is leaving for the draft. I, honestly, if I'm looking at it, I, I really like North Carolina. I really like Kentucky. And I think that Michigan will be back. Mm, good picks. I would say North Carolina, Kentucky. Um, I would have said UCLA. I, and there might be a drop off. I'll, I'll say UCLA, but they lost 
Juzang. So, right. I don't, I'm not the biggest Mick Cronin believer. So, um, um, but really, I mean, it might be really, if Kentucky and North Carolina can perform as expected, then, you know, it, it might be a really, it might not be this, this past year, there was a lot of really good teams. It might not be that way next year. You might just have a handful. Yeah. Um, right. I, so it will be interesting mm-hmm. to see exactly sort of where all of that lies. And I, I just don't know. It's, it's, um it's one of those things that uh, is very hard to predict at this stage because recruiting is still happening. Transfer portal yeah. still happening. Um, and so what that ultimately will end up looking like, not sure. Um, but we'll, we'll have to check in on the, on the, uh, um, roster. What was it called? Like the percentage of minutes coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we will definitely we'll need to, to check take... on that. Uh, for sure. Joe Lenardi has his, um, uh, 2023, uh, NCAA tournament bracketology up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of um, course, you know, of course. Cause you know, it's never too early. 12 months He's, early. Right. SIU Edwardsville in the in the playing game against Texas Southern. Uh, you think so, he just yeah, pulls names out of a hat? You think he just pulls them out of a hat? Because I mean, who's going to really notice that at this point? Like, who cares? Somebody's going to be yeah. like, "No, I think it's going to be Evansville this year," or something like that. You know? Yeah. No. Um, something like Jackson anyway, State's four- year. <laughs> right. His his four teams though as one seeds: Kentucky, um, Baylor who I think will be pretty good, but they are losing a lot of talent again. Um, Houston, Houston, who will be returning. Houston. I want that to be my third pick, even though mid majors aren't allowed to win the title. I'll still pick them. And UCLA is the other one seed. So, um, but I wonder if he did this before. I bet that was before. I bet that he updated it two days ago. So I don't know. I think Um, it was yesterday. I don't know either. Yeah, all of it runs together. Anyway, yeah. interesting thoughts, interesting things. We'll definitely keep tabs, and I don't expect another podcast the rest of April, but you never know. <laughs> I don't know what else. Like, if if Cal were to leave, maybe, but that's not going to happen. So Right, or if Shaden Sharp decided that, nah, I'm just kidding, I am going to come to school. Um, you know, nah, maybe. it's not worth the podcast. I'm, I don't <laughs> want to talk about I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past or future. <laughs> Um, but anyway, thank you, Luke, for hopping on this emergency pod and, uh, you know, for the, for the listeners out there, um, I just want to give you a heads up that we have, we are moving our blog. And so it, it was going to fall into Substack. Um, we are going to be officially a Substack blog. So it will be basketballwithglasses.substack.com. And you'll be able to find our musings. Our hope is to write more um, and maybe podcast, not necessarily less, but you're going to see more content in the written form. Um, And so uh, there may also be um, future what we will call premium articles that uh, may require a very nominal fee, um, like a dollar a month. And basically that just helps us pay for all of the analytic services that we try to subscribe to, to get you the content that you want. Um, so mom, dad, <laughs> right. Uh, 
old college roommates. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you if you uh, if you find our content in, in any way worthwhile, it will be there. Um, and but we'll also be providing the, the the podcast and this wonderful banter for free. Um, that's right. Because it's definitely not worth anything more than that. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, check it out. Uh, they, they, our old posts are over there already and it is live. So, um, I encourage you to go check it out, but until then, until the next time that we meet, whenever that may be, um, Luke, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And remember you can never study the game enough. (laughs)